0: This podcast may contain explicit language.
1: Damn, and then I got Dana again next week. Like, I got a tough three-week stretch.
0: Well, it's not like playing my team is actually that tough. You still could win with, like, two people on the (laughs) zeros. (laughs) Like, you, you basically have to hope that Patrick Mahomes doesn't play well and the rest of my team is shit.
1: I don't like my chances here. I need like Devonte and Kyler to go off.
0: Which is very possible.
1: And I'm starting, I'm starting Allen Robinson, man. That's what I've gotten down to.
0: I think that's where I'm going to start the show. I'm just going to, that clip right there. I'm starting Allen <laughs> Robinson, man. It'll be like a little preview. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan.
1: Co-host, Ethan Hamilton.
0: And tonight we are previewing week seven of the NFL Slate 2021. And I'm going to nickname it now, the Bye 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 Week. But first, a few housekeeping notes, and apparently Siri, If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. Also, you can now find us on Twitter at DYDownload2020, and you can now find every episode of the show on dynasty-download.captivate.fm. Finally, please follow, rate, and review the show on whichever podcast platform you use so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. All right, let's get right into it. We've already had one game so far this week. We are recording this on Friday, October 22nd, 2021. You and I are going head-to-head for likely the only time this season. I guess that's not the case anymore. I found out we apparently play each other the last week of the season when you're going to crush me like the Bills did to the Dolphins and any chances of me getting into the playoffs this year. And you will almost assuredly kick my ass this week if you have enough players healthy. And this is already the midway point of the fantasy regular season. So, my friend, what is on your mind today?
1: Yeah, um, if I'm healthy, I do not have a starting lineup. I mean, it looks like there's going to be two spots in my roster that I'm just going to leave empty. I'm not going to change my roster too much for one week, which kind of sucks. Coming off a pretty depressing loss last week, I could very well be knocked out of the number one seed. Come next week, but such is life. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, um, bye weeks and injuries is the story of the week. And that is the story of my team this week as well.
0: I have now decided to call this the bye 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 week simply because, like in sync, it sneaks up on you. Uh, unfortunately, seven weeks in, we have so many injuries and bye weeks to relevant players that I think literally anybody with a warm pulse. Uh, that you may get what ten carries? Is that the threshold? Uh, ten touches in a game for wide receivers? Like five targets, maximum. That's all you need. Twenty passes attempted. I mean, that's that's the thresholds we're at right now. All of your premium lineups are out the window on this weird buy extravaganza.
1: Yeah, it's really. I'm, like I said, I am I am victim victim number one for sure for this week so sucks that it had to be against you of all people but (laughs) I mean it happens
0: so I don't think we should wager anything on this game since you have your entire lineup out I think I just get double or nothing on the second game we're supposed to play for the season so we will we'll hold that in reserve we've got a couple of other gambling moments going on for the the totality of the season so far, and we have to think of some creative punishments or different things that we may have to do to each other, unfortunately, uh, especially as 30-year-old men. Regardless, uh, we did have a Thursday night football game. Were you so much in hate with yourself that you decided to watch the game like I did?
1: (laughs) You know, believe it or not, I didn't watch too much of the game as I
0: could have,
1: should have. But, I mean, the one thing that did stick out to me, and I texted it to you and to Ben, was, um, have we seen the last of Baker Mayfield in a Cleveland Browns uniform? Uh, Case Keenum looked serviceable enough, and we all know Baker Mayfield is not that guy that you're going to pay top dollar for, so have we seen the last of Baker Mayfield? Did this game kind of make him expendable?
0: So, what year was he drafted? I want to say it was, like, what, 2017? That sounds about right. Maybe it was 2018. I'd be curious because the number one pick you have five years on, or excuse me, four years on your contract and the team can opt for a fifth year that essentially operates kind of like a franchise tag. So I'd be very interested to see how they basically maneuver around that and whether the Browns are even going to bother giving him the long-term extension because due to the amount of injuries he sustains on a regular basis, and the fact that he's just not been a dynamic player, I don't know whether or not his long-term future is there. The Browns have a good enough team built around that. If they had even a decent quarterback, we'd be talking about a completely different team. Can you imagine Josh Allen on this team?
1: It's tough to, kind of tough to know. There's a lot of talent on Cleveland, right? But Is it really that Baker Mayfield is holding them back that much where like he's stopping them from achieving things that they, that you believe they can. I don't know if it's like that, but I do think that he isn't the right quarterback for them anymore. I I think he's kind of reached his ceiling and you know, what's the point at this point.
0: You have some dynamic receivers. You have at least three dynamic backs. One of which we'll get to here in a second a great offensive line, a really good defensive line, a decent enough stable of cornerbacks, and a good rookie linebacker that you got this year. Like at almost every depth, they were pretty good football team and probably should be better than four and three, but two games were decided by the fact that he couldn't make last-minute drives. I just don't know if I trust him to be the quarterback. You don't even have to be serviceable I think if you were at all dynamic, this team would be near unstoppable, to be honest.
1: You know, that may be, but it's one of those things where you're kind of just just guessing at that point and, and making your opinion, which is what we do. But, you know, I agree with you. I, I don't think that he is what they need, but I guess I just don't know if you put somebody else on this team, if they really are a Super Bowl team. Odell Beckham has seen better days. Jarvis Landry has seen better days. Yes, you got dynamic running backs. Yes, you have a great offensive line, and you have a pretty you have a great player on defense, and everything else is pretty serviceable. I just I don't know. You know, I I hear what you're saying. I just don't know if I'm about to go that far. But I do know that they got the most out of Baker. And he's already started the second most games in franchise history. Franchise history.
0: Well, and it, to be is fair, the is. franchise is only extending back to 1999.
1: So I know, but still, that's crazy, though. You know what I mean? As us as Packer fans, we know two quarterbacks, right? Browns fans, it's just okay. We've had three goal. starting,
0: uh, four starting quarterbacks, five, five starting quarterbacks since like 1992. Uh, Brett Hundley, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Flynn, and uh, oh, I'm trying to think of who the other guy was that we had start a game. Seneca Wallace, I think, started one game. Mm-hmm. So, and Brett Favre. So, yeah, but we've talked about it since like the every time they play the Bears, it's this, oh, the Packers are so stable at quarterback. And here are all the Bears quarterbacks. The only team that the Bears are ever compared against because they have, had more starting quarterbacks since the nineties or the mid nineties than anybody in football, except the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, I think, are on their twenty eighth different starter since nineteen ninety nine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I I hear where you're going. I hear what you're saying. It's just I I don't see them as a Super Bowl team if you stick another great quarterback on their, on their squad.
0: I very much view them and the Indianapolis Colts as when healthy, are very much like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were two years ago, before they got Tom Brady. And I think if you put or dropped Aaron Rodgers into the middle of one of those teams, they're an automatic Super Bowl contender. I think their defenses are decent to good, not necessarily great, but they have dynamic players and their offenses have enough talent, younger talent and good offensive lines, that they can make decent runs. It's that they haven't had that X factor that has really raised their level yet, or the person who knows how to win that comes in and makes the team different. So if you put a really capable starter into the middle of one of these teams, I think they're absolutely somebody that could compete. But right now, Baker Mayfield is ho-hum, middle of the road. Sure, I'll guarantee you that we don't know for sure. But that's just my opinion, and frankly, I don't get paid to give my opinion.
1: Yeah, and my opinion for is, is the opposite. So, I mean, it's just that's where we're at, I guess.
0: I don't know if he's necessarily played his last down there, but I do think that if Keenum's going to be capable enough to lead them to a couple of victories, because they have a really tough closing schedule, that I would wonder if they're at least going to allow him the time to heal up to give them the best chance to win down the stretch. Because they are a winning football team. And the AFC, past uh, maybe five teams, is pretty weak. So it's very possible they could make the playoffs. We're looking at Baltimore-Buffalo winning their divisions, um, the Titans probably winning theirs, and the Chargers and Chiefs being at the top of theirs. That's five teams. Outside of that, you're looking at the Raiders, Indianapolis, the Browns. That's that's about it. So you have to get two teams out of like those four, and on any given week, any of those teams could look really great, and they can also look really terrible. Anyway, the biggest storyline out of last night, and fortunately enough for me, I happened to be able to pick him up and put him in the lineup. Uh, Dearness Johnson, the guy who bounced around and I think they keep referring it to it as the AAF. I don't know if that's like an arena football league or what exactly that uh, semi-pro league or whatever it is, uh, somehow gets on the Browns as their third string running back, goes for over 100 yards, has two catches for like 24 yards last night, puts up like 29 fantasy points in our league. He was an absolute stud last night and really the only major fantasy contributor out of that game.
1: Yeah, he looked like he belonged for sure. I mean, he passed the eye test, I guess, is kind of what I I see it as. Just it's for me, and this is I was thinking about this when I was walking around at work the other day or today too. I was like, people like Zeke Elliott, like Nick Chubb, even people like Kareem Hunt, they can't enjoy seeing stuff like this, right? Because it just feeds into the narrative that running backs really aren't that important. You kind of just get a guy, you get a guy that's fresh, you get a guy that fits into your system, and it, it'll turn out and it'll work out okay. It's, well, it's just, you know, it's just, it, it, it feeds into the argument that why are we paying these guys this type of money?
0: Well, let's put it this way of the top running backs in the league, uh, let's see, for fantasy purposes, I think Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey Zeke who else would you put in that category I'm trying to think Chubb. Yep. yeah all five of those guys are all first or second round picks one of the lone exceptions that would get into somewhere near that class is Aaron Jones was a fifth round pick uh Camaro was a third round pick um you have a couple of other guys like Kareem Hunt was a third round pick But I I don't think that it's kind of the same with wide receivers, like wide receivers that go in the first round tend to usually be productive overall. Like there are very few misses on first round wide receivers just generally, and especially inside the top 10. But that being said, you have some of the most dynamic wide receivers in the game right now that were selected after the first round. I think if you look at the number uh, or the top, five guys for the season overall right now. Only one of them was selected in the first round. Devontae Adams was a second round pick. Cooper Cup, I believe, was a third round pick. Uh, Debo Samuel, I believe, was a third round pick. Tyler Lockett ha- was like a fifth round pick out of Kansas State. I think Mike Williams is the only one, and he was selected at number seven behind Corey Davis, I might add, in uh, his draft. And even then, it took him a while to produce. So it's hard to say. Like, the, the two or excuse me, the three positions realistically in the first round that seem to be where you have to find them and you can't find them usually in later rounds, the exceptions being Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, but quarterbacks, quarterbacks almost always, the ones that end up being starters and talented are in the first rounds. Starting left tackles and defensive ends slash pass rushers that are elite. You're very rarely getting elite pass rushers outside of the first round and occasionally you'll get a David Bakhtiari, but for the most part, first round left tackles are about it. And that's why teams like Green Bay rarely pick dynamic players outside of the first round that aren't pass rushers, offensive linemen, or quarterbacks, no matter how much we sometimes pick on them for it. So is there anybody left to start this week?
1: Um, I've been going through the waiver wire and not in our league too much. You've, you got Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> But other than that, no, I feel like this is a really, really complicated week and it'll kind of really set aside the the elite, I guess. I don't want to use elite. I guess the people that really, really dig into fantasy and the numbers and stuff like that and the people that kind of just plugging and playing and hoping for the best. Yeah. But for uh, for me, I guess this week, it's kind of just throwing something at the wall and hoping that it sticks because there's not too much to choose from. I think with the injuries that we've all had, everybody from redraft to dynasty from the beginning of the year to now the midway point, And now with all 95%, maybe not 95, but a good majority of the really good fantasy players are on by this week as well. It's slim pickings. I don't know if there's really anybody out there where it's just like, yeah, go get this guy. Cause I think that one guy played yesterday.
0: So just for the sake of argument, I know our league is deeper due to the fact that we're a dynasty league and most guys that are worth picking up are probably already stashed somewhere. And you're probably having a hard time just generally trying to get anybody. So I'll just give you an example from my projections on my redraft league. The current top players available were Javante Williams, who uh, cert- or went for 14 points last night in that league, Zach Paschal, Darius Slayton, Tyler Johnson filling in for Antonio Brown who's out, Brian Edwards, Rashad Bateman, Jamison Crowder, Alan Lazard, Van Jefferson, Brandon Auk, and then O.J. Howard.
1: Yeah, it's kind of that... The way you listed it, I feel like you started out pretty decent at the top with Javante Williams, and then you dropped like three tiers, and then it was kind of like evening out there, and then you had a major drop again. So Yeah, because yeah. it
0: gets even worse after that. We're talking oh, about Jalen sure. Rager, Devonte Freeman, yeah. Dante Pettis. Kenny yeah. Stills? I didn't even know Kenny Stills was still in the league.
1: I didn't know Pettis was still in the
0: league. Yeah, I didn't know that till last week. I saw he was playing for the Giants. He got like 12 <laughs> targets last week.
1: Really? He's a Giant? Yeah. I had no idea. I had well, no the idea. Giants
0: are on their like eighth wide receiver.
1: He didn't start the year there, did he?
0: I have no idea. Oh, okay. I mean,
1: it's the
0: Giants <laughs> that would require me to watch Giants football.
1: I just didn't the know. The only
0: thing worse than that is watching the Jets. I just didn't know. <laughs> i i don't know yes. i mean with the rash well, of injuries and guys that are on or or ir and just declared out during the middle of the week or whatever else i i really don't know if there's any startable fantasy value on the waiver wire but basically anybody you think might get about five targets i i was being serious at the top could very well start in your lineup this
1: well this you week. you brought up people brought or named out in the yeah. middle of the week like I woke up this morning thinking Antonio Brown was going to play for me and Latavius Murray was going to play for me. I kind of knew Gronk was borderline, and I knew my tight end position would be maybe in a tough spot. But today alone, I've had to pull three people out of my already super thin lineup. So it's been a really, really tough week injury-wise. It's just It sucks. I feel like we talk about it every week.
0: Well and some of the most lopsided games that I can remember on the schedule for me we have at least three primetime games that are i think the afternoon games they're all supposed to be decided by at least double digit points if i remember right Tampa is favored by like 11 points or 11 and a half over the bears the rams are favored by like 16 and a half over detroit at home and arizona is favored by like 18 at home 18, against the texans yeah. so the afternoon football yeah it's made pro- or produced some fantasy points in that first window of the afternoon like before the first half ends but after that it may be some really god awful football
1: yeah i mean even some of the earlier games too i mean the packers are at eight um the the Patriots Jets and the are, Patriots are, at are seven. seven Yep. uh so. what was it
0: the Chiefs are favored by only four and that might be this one of the one, more entertaining games but uh, Baltimore is six and a half point favorites
1: that that's what I find interesting and we'll get into that a little bit more in my upset of the week
0: yeah it's well let's just go right to that then that's my game of the week personally I think Cincinnati and Baltimore is realistically one of the closest division games that you could get right now. And Cincinnati has been playing a lot better. I think some people might be doubting like, or some of these other teams, but Cincinnati really whipped up on Detroit last week. And frankly, that's what they're supposed to do if they're showing signs, but that defense isn't as bad as it was last year. That offense is much more balanced. And while, Joe Burrow keeps taking a lot of hits. It hasn't seemed to affect their offensive prowess. They've got playmakers all over the field. If they're healthy, I think they can give Baltimore a run for its money.
1: Absolutely. I think this is one of the more balanced offenses in the entire football league right now. You have a very good, very capable three down back in Joe Mixon. And then you throw in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, who I know isn't having as good of a year as he had this last year, but he's still very capable and still somebody that shows up in scouting reports and demands attention from the defense. You know, that being said, the offensive line has not been good, but I don't remember when the Cincinnati Bengals had a decent offensive line. But I think Joe Burrow is just one of those guys, one of those quarterbacks where it's just like it's not going to affect the way he plays the game. Like sometimes with quarterbacks, they get hit in the mouth and it's like, okay, happy feet. I'm seeing ghosts. I'm chucking the ball up with Joe Burrow. You don't really get that. He still stays in there and he takes the hits that he has to take. But normally he's taking the hit after he's throwing a 45 yard bomb to Jamar chase down the sideline. So, I mean, that offense is something for sure, especially in years to come, if they can all stay healthy, That um, two, three years from now, we may be talking as one of the more high-powered offenses in the entire league.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's why you and I both picked the same upset. I picked Cincinnati to Oh, I didn't even
1: realize that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Uh, We both picked Cincinnati. I'm picking them to cover. I don't know if I'd pick them to outright win, but I think they'll at least stay closer than seven points against Baltimore.
1: That's where I'm different from you. I have them outright winning this football game. I think the Cincinnati Bengals go into Baltimore and win the football game. I think eventually, like, these injuries are going to catch up with Baltimore. Not where, like, the whole floor is going to fall out, but they're going to have up and down weeks. That's just what I feel is going to happen, and I think that's going to happen this week. So I'm taking Baltimore completely. Uh, I have or the Bengals. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm taking the Bengals to beat Baltimore. All right.
0: The only reason I wouldn't pick them straight out, even though I think they're going to stay closer than the spread is simply that Lamar Jackson at least has been in some of these tougher games, even this season and made comebacks and won games. Joe Burrow has been in some overtime games. He's been in some close stuff, but never to the point where he's had to really be the reason they won a close game. I know that they beat the Vikings week one in that overtime, but that had a lot more to do with the Vikings kind of pissing that game away than it did the Bengals actually winning it. So I think more than anything, even though he did win that close Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago against Jacksonville, that I would probably just gamble a little bit more fourth quarter on Lamar Jackson, making the drive that makes the difference and Justin Tucker being their kicker than I would Joe Burrow right now. That being said, if Joe Burrow somehow pulls out this win or, they can make a statement that way. I think then we can definitely say the Bengals are for real and could really compete. You know, I didn't mention them before as a potential wildcard team, but they could very well be in there with Cleveland or with any of the other teams that we mentioned before. So I also picked this as my game of the week, but you had a different game of the week. Let's highlight that one. Uh, What did you have down?
1: Yeah. I mean, you, we were talking about it earlier, how, games are just not looking that entertaining so i guess i'm taking the colts against the niners it's kind of what i see that's going to be closest out of all of them two teams looking to kind of climb back because they're both under 500 so trying to get back into that playoff race as well i guess the storylines are more there for me than anything but reluctantly i'm going to take the colts versus the 49ers
0: I think that actually has the chance to be a high-scoring game, oddly enough. I think both teams actually are starting to round the corner a little bit more on offense, especially Indianapolis, so I wouldn't be surprised if that game ends up at like twenty-seven thirty or some, some kind of number like that where we actually get some entertainment value out of that one. I don't think that's too bad of a game, but as you said before, it, it looks like piles of dog shit Uh, for the games that we have because they look like they're supposed to be lopsided. One of the games that I'm surprised neither of us highlighted, though, is uh, the Titans and the Chiefs. That game, to me, looks like it could be a ton of fun just due to the amount of big fantasy player names that could go off in that game. The Chiefs' defense is not very good. The Titans' defense is not very good. And we could end up with a very entertaining back-and-forth, one team scoring, then the next team scoring, then the next team scoring again type of game.
1: Yeah, I guess um, I really wanted to think more outside the box with mine, I guess, but sure. yeah, absolutely. I think that's one that could be fun. And yeah, two terrible defenses. So if you're looking for offensive football, tune into that one.
0: If you're thinking of a DFS stack in a particular game, I'm sure they're all like <laughs> high priced, but Derrick Henry, Patrick Mahomes, Travis absolutely. Kelsey, Tyreek yep. Hill. Like if you can somehow maneuver all of those guys into your lineup, I'm going for the complete stack and an underrated guy this weekend that really could produce is Daryl Williams. He's not valued nearly as highly uh, in some of these DFS formats. He had two touchdowns on the ground last week, carried, I think four goal line carries. So, or inside the five red zone carries. Um, So I I think he could produce on a DFS team. Uh, Let's get to start sit then Um, let's just make this simple. Any warm body that might be getting touches you're starting any of those injured or on by, you're sitting. Is that, does that sound good?
1: hundred percent. Let's move it. Let's keep it moving. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Let's not make this complicated this week. Uh, underrated studs of the week. Then guys going outside the top 10, just giving you some creative names that maybe if they're floating around under waiver wire for whatever reason, or somebody just undervalues them, maybe they're sitting on somebody's bench for no good reason. You can make an, a weird trade here. Last second, uh, my quarterback of the week, I almost went with Tua. I'm starting him in one league, but I'm a little bit concerned with that one. So I'll go with a guy that's oddly enough finished inside the top 10 three weeks so far this season out of six. That's Daniel Jones against the Carolina Panthers. And the Panthers have allowed a lot of points lately to quarterbacks. I could see Daniel Jones if he gets his feet engaged again. And if he has both Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard going in this game, maybe even banged up or Saquon Barkley that he could put up some big points. Give me Daniel Jones versus the Panthers. Who is yours this weekend?
1: I'm going to go same game, just a different quarterback. I'm going to go Sam Darnold against the Giants. For me, I just think that the Carolina Panthers are kind of, they need to decide who they're going to be at this point in the season, right? Midway through the season, I think I'm pretty positive they're sitting at 500. The offense has kind of been on the downtrend these last couple weeks. I look for that to turn around this week against a pretty below-average uh, giant defense. So I'm going to go Sam
0: Darnold. For me, I'm also going to go Daryl Williams at the running back position this week against Tennessee. I already made some of the case. I think he's going to get the goal line work. I also think he's going to get some passing down work. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. Give me Daryl Williams versus Tennessee. Who is your running back of the week?
1: I'm going to go... With MVP from last year, I'm going to go Mike Davis against the Dolphins. I just love the matchup. I don't think, we know the Dolphin defense is not as good as they were this last year, and we know they've been struggling against running backs in the running game just in general. So I'm going to go Mike Davis, maybe a good Cordell Patterson game too.
0: Yeah, I I think so. I'm starting both of them in my redraft league. I was able to take out Antonio Brown against the Bears in favor of taking Mike Davis Most of my problem with Mike Davis has just been that his carries and his touches have not been efficient so far, not in the same way, at least that Cordero Patterson has been to this point, but the Dolphins are giving up a ton of points to running backs. They're giving up a ton of yardage and yards per carry. He's still getting the majority of the back touches out of this offense. I think that at some point, if the Falcons are going to be at all serious, they have to start giving him the ball a little bit more often, even if it's not necessarily going to be efficient to try and maneuver and be physical with that offensive line moving forward. I think this could be a turnaround game for most of the Falcon offense. And I I also call that uh, Mike Davis could have a very good game in this one. Then my wide receiver of the week, I'll go Hollywood Brown versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't have a lot of great wide receivers this week that I liked. There were a lot of them that were okay, but then they were in some either a bad matchup or I didn't necessarily like the player. So I'll go with one that I think this might be a higher scoring game. Even though both defenses have had good moments at times, I think somebody's going to need to make a big play. And realistically, for the Baltimore offense, whenever they've needed a big play, it's usually been Hollywood Brown. So Give me one big play and a couple of other decent plays enough to make him fantasy relevant, get him inside this really kind of reduced top 10 this week against Cincinnati. Who is your wide receiver of the week?
1: I'm going to go Jamar Chase. And honestly, I cannot believe he's still going outside the top 10. He's somebody that's been super consistent week in, week out. We know he's the number one option in Cincinnati going up against this Baltimore Raven defense. And if you're going to go for an upset, you got to pick somebody from that upset team. So I'm going to go Jamar Chase. I think he has a big
0: weekend. It would not surprise me if Baltimore focused a lot of attention trying to double him And it ends up being a Tyler Boyd, a C.J. Uzama, or a T. Higgins game. But I I do like the pick because, again, I think this might be one of the more uh, point-producing matchups of the weekend. All right, then let's go uh, tight end of the week for me. Dallas Goddard, I know that he was injured last week. He'd been seeding a lot more playing time and targets to Zach Ertz. But Zach Ertz got traded and the Las Vegas Raiders, if you're going to beat them through the air, it's usually through your tight ends as we've seen so far this season. So give me Dallas Goddard in kind of a comeback game for him with value against the Las Vegas Raiders. Who is your tight end of the week?
1: Here we are picking tight ends again. Um, so this week I am going to close my eyes and pick Ricky Seals-Jones versus the Green Bay Packers. A lot of injuries on that defense. Um Let's go, Ricky Seals.
0: <laughs> Why not? He's as good as anybody to end up in the end zone this week. Uh, defensive go. stream of the week. I highlighted this one in red so you. you wouldn't miss it.
1: Thank you. Honestly, I appreciate it. So these that. are
0: <laughs> these are defenses that are rostered in less than fifty percent of leagues, but that could uh, make your weekend. I'll go with Giants against Carolina. I actually, oddly enough, think that the Carolina offense is just so much different with. Uh, Christian McCaffrey out of it and he makes just like remember what AP was to the Vikings offense years ago like they weren't a very good offense but the minute he got on the field like they started to be able to do things not just because he would carry them but he opened up the rest of their offense I think that's the way that defenses have to focus on Christian McCaffrey and so it opens up the rest of their offense I just think that without him Sam Darnold has not been the same quarterback and he's been much more turnover prone. So if you're going for some turnovers, if you're going for a decent pass rush, give me the giants, I guess, because there are not a lot of defenses right now that are rostered in less than 50% of leagues. Who is your defense?
1: So for my first defense of the year, I am going to take
0: (laughs) the Las Vegas
1: Raiders against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think, you know, I think, think Las Vegas has turned a corner. I think they really come together as a team. They played really good this last week and we know how Philadelphia has been. They've been up and down. I just don't think it goes well for them in Vegas. So I'm going to go with the Vegas Raiders.
0: All right. Then long shots of the week. These are the guys going outside the top 20 in rankings or in projections that we think could finish inside the top 10. My first one up, I'm going to go Michael Pittman Jr. Again, San Francisco's down a lot of cornerbacks. Their defense hasn't been able to get home so far in rushing the passer. I think that Indianapolis's offense is getting better, and we still don't know the status of T.Y. Hilton for the weekend. So give me Michael Pittman, who is usually the number one target in this offense against the beat-up San Francisco secondary. Who is your first long shot of the week? Kind of
1: touched on him just a little bit, but for sure touched on the Miami uh, defense. So I'm going to go Cordero Patterson. Not easy bad. said, easy done.
0: Yeah. My other one is J.D. McKissick. Again, we don't know the health of Antonio Gibson, but I imagine that Washington is going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep up with Green Bay on the road. Green Bay is uh, much more proficient at home at scoring points, and I don't think that that Washington defense is suddenly going to put it together. Uh, Give me J.D. McKissick in a game I think that if the uh, Washington football team wants to win, is going to have to play him a lot. Who is your second one of the week?
1: For me, maybe it's a little bit of wishful thinking because I need everyone I'm starting this weekend to have a really great week. So I'm going to go Allen Robinson versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's got to be, right? He's got a huge target share. Tampa Bay has not been very good in the defensive um, backfield this year so far as compared to last year. I don't know, man. Allen Robinson, he's just way too good to be this quiet. And I just... You would think if Matt Nagy wanted to try to keep his job even a little bit, he'd try to get Allen Robinson the ball this weekend. So I'm going to go Allen Robinson.
0: Well, quietly, Matt Nagy is no longer the play caller again. He gave over the play calling duties. So I think Bill Lazor is a better play caller, but we both know that the best rush defense in the NFL is Tampa Bay. They give up almost nothing on the ground, and you're going to have to throw in order to try and beat them. We saw Dallas basically abandon the run in order to try and do it. We saw the Patriots basically abandon the run and almost beat Tampa Bay that way. You have to beat them through the air. And I just don't know if I trust Justin Fields, but it's not like Robinson doesn't have talent and that it's a good matchup. I I like the pick. I just hope it doesn't come back to bite me.
1: (laughs) There it was.
0: (laughs) All right. So uh, over unders for last week, Let's just recap. Uh, It was a really bad week for me. I was 0-5. Geno Smith, 249.5 passing yards against Pittsburgh. I was over. You were under. The total was 209. You got that one. Uh, 19.5 fantasy points for James Robinson. We were both under, or excuse me, we were both over, and that one ended up being uh, under at 17.6. Or kind of surprising given that they were playing Miami. Uh, 99.5 yards receiving for Jamar Chase versus Detroit. We were both over 97 was the overall total. We both missed that one. 37.5 points for the chiefs offense versus the Washington football team. I was over, you were under, it was 31 points. you got that one. Uh, 7.5 receptions for DJ Moore versus Minnesota. Uh, We were both over. He had five catches on 13 targets,
1: 13, 13 targets.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: So, yeah, it, it was not, it was not great. It was not great, God. <sighs> Since we have a shorter show going on today, instead, what we're going to do is we're going to do a few more of the over-unders than usual and also partly give me a chance to catch up. Uh, first one up, 119.5 receiving yards for Devontae Adams versus the Washington football team, over or under.
1: I'm going to take the over because, like I said, everyone that I'm starting, I need to have a huge game. So I'm going to go over. Speak it into existence.
0: Basically, it's a 50-50 proposition so far this year that he's been over. And, frankly, the Washington defense has not been uh, great so far. I don't want to take the under and then basically prey on the Washington defense versus my own team that that's going to happen. Something inside of me will slightly be rooting for other Packers to get the football, but I'll take the over reluctantly. All right. Next one up. We have more total yards in the Colts uh, 49ers game. Debo Samuel or Jonathan Taylor.
1: I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor. I cannot argue the run that he's been on this last three to four weeks. So I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor.
0: We know Debo runs the ball uh, occasionally on these weird jet sweeps or reverses for the 49ers. I think they're going to be pulling out some stuff coming out of the bye week. I also know that he's had a lot of big receiving yard days, especially because he's had some very long touchdowns. So I wouldn't be shocked if he won, but I think the obvious answer is Jonathan Taylor right now, especially with the way that he's receiving the ball and running the ball. So give me Jonathan Taylor as well on that one. 2.5 touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes versus Tennessee. Yeah, I'm going to take the over on
1: that one, too. Uh, we talked about how terrible these defenses are and how much we think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The only thing that makes me a little bit reluctant is I think Tennessee is going to try to slow the game down. I think they're going to try to run the ball as much as they can with Derrick Henry, but I don't know. This is a tougher one. I'm still going to take the over, though.
0: So I'm going to take the over because I want to root for Patrick Holmes, given that he's my quarterback against you this weekend. So I was always going to take the over. That being said, if there's anything that worries me, it's not that the Titans are going to slow the down. It's Daryl Williams getting uh, goal line carries and basically them running the ball into the end zone instead of what they have been doing for the last few years, which is Patrick Mahomes' shovel pass, Patrick Mahomes runs one into the corner, you know, something like that. Same game, 139.5 for yards for Derrick Henry versus Kansas City.
1: Man, that's a lot of yards. But like I said, they're going to try to run the ball to slow the game up. That's still a lot of yards, 140 yards.
0: Pay attention to the wording of the question.
1: Yeah, I understand. I'm going to take the under. You're taking like total yards?
0: I didn't say or rushing, just rushing or receiving. I just said okay, yards. Well, then
1: I'll take, the, I'll take the over then.
0: I even gave you the hint on that one. Yes, I know. I'm I on the figured- over too. Usually there's no way that he's going to hit the under if with the way he's been receiving the ball and running the ball so far this year, I don't see the chiefs being the somehow medicine to stopping Derrick Henry. The fact that he was held under what 50 yards in the first game is still such a weird anomaly. Uh, 47.5 points scored in the Atlanta versus Miami game over or under. This is the actual uh, point total for this game.
1: I'm going to take the under. I mean, these defenses are terrible, but I don't think the offenses are too much better. So I'm going to take the under.
0: I don't know. We What did we have last week of the Jacksonville-Miami game? I, I think this actually, yes, the offenses have not been great, but I think this could end up being a higher scoring game just because the defenses have been that bad. I'll take the over on this one. I, I think it might, 48, you only need like a 21-27 game game in order for this to hit. So I think that's possible. It's not nearly as high as like 52 or something where I would definitely take the under, but I I think 45 or 48 points is possible in this one. More rushing yards in their game, Lamar Jackson or Joe Mixon.
1: It's kind of weird how much I had to think about this one.
0: That's the point I wanted to make pause.
1: I know, but I'm going to take Joe Mixon. I, I feel like the number one option that Cincinnati is going to try to do is, is try to stop Lamar Jackson's legs. So I'm going to take Joe Mixon for more rushing yards.
0: I have a sneaky suspicion. I I think Mixon will get more carries, but I think Jackson ends up having more big plays. And I think this is going to be defined a little bit by what he does on the ground. So give me Lamar Jackson uh, in kind of an odd situation. I I put this one up there because I thought it would be an extremely good question. 1.5 1.5 rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Now I put this on here because he would be the first quarterback since 1950 to go for consecutive game or three consecutive games with two rushing touchdowns in each.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to go the under just because it's never happened before. I don't think or it, it hasn't on happened Sunday.
0: in 60, 70 years. <laughs> I'll go the under too. I'm not going to buck history, but it wouldn't shock me if he hits the over. 29 and a half fantasy points for Matthew Stafford against his old team, the Detroit lions over or
1: under. I do think he's going to have a decent game. I don't know if he's going to want to like shove it in their face, knowing how bad they are. I do think that they are going to run the ball as much, but I don't see him going out there trying to throw for like seven touchdowns because he's like pissed off or anything like that. So I'm going to take the under.
0: Yeah, I don't think this is a they done me wrong game. I think he has an, an affection for the team and the organization and the city and the fan base yet. To me, I think this could be a good game for him because the Detroit Lions are just bad. But it could also be one where they end up running the football a lot more it just depends on what Sean McVay calls as a game. If you start getting some of those deep shots early in the game to like Van Jefferson or Cooper cup Deshaun Jackson, then I think this ends up being a barn burner and it gets to that 16 and a half point spread that they, uh, or that Vegas has on this game. But
1: I'll
0: take the over. He hasn't done it in a couple of weeks. I I think that even with Darrell Henderson, um, probably having a big game. I I think that Matt Stafford is going to want to, uh, put a stamp on this one a bit. Do the Lions or Texans stay within 10 points? They are both dogs by at least 16 and a half.
1: Do the Lions and do the Texans no, stay or just within, one of them?
0: You just have to have one of them stay within 10 points at the end of the game.
1: Hell no. Absolutely not. Hell to the no. No.
0: Is Tyrod starting for the Texans? <laughs>
1: Dude, stop it.
0: <laughs> I don't feel I that adventurous. Just, I, I'd love to say yes I, I know because you're I'd trying love to have up, some good football not. to watch, but no, I don't think <laughs> yeah, I don't think either of these teams the Colts put down on Houston last week, what was it, 31 to 3? And like the Colts are okay, but they're not 31 to 3 better than most teams. I, I don't think that the Texans are staying within that against Arizona. And I definitely don't think the beat up Lions, who got shelled last week, are going to do that on the road. If either of these teams were home, maybe I might think about it, but no, I'll, I'll stay out of that one too. Uh, then our last one, 129 and a half total yards for Alvin Kamara versus the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Um, I can see him doing that. I think it, he'll be really close, but yeah, I'll take the over. I think I can see him doing that. The last couple of weeks, the tear that he's been on, yeah. He, all of the, is he going to miss Drew Brees type of talk has kind of died down. So yeah, I think he gets there.
0: I think he's had like two or three straight games with over a hundred yards rushing. And all he has to do is add a little in the passing game. Seattle has been one of the worst defenses for rushing uh, this entire season and for fantasy points to running backs. Now part of that is, is that Derrick Henry had his 50 point game against them in week two, but it's not like that they're, they've been stopping anybody really on the ground against them all season, save for Jonathan Taylor week one. So I do think this is a game that he's going to have a premier matchup and that the Saints on the road, if they're going to win, have to basically run their offense through him where Michael Thomas is still not back. I put the ball in his hands as opposed to Jameis and let him carry me to the win in what will be a tough, grind it out, run the football type of game the whole day. Especially up in Seattle, I think he goes over as well. All right, any final thoughts on this bye, bye, bye week?
1: Ready for it to be freaking over.
0: (laughs) Uh, If I'm gonna win, you know, I don't care what the circumstances with are at this point. You know, a win is a win is a win that I can hold over your head at least for a few weeks until you kick my ass. Uh, So, um, yeah, I'll be intrigued. You, You know as much as we've criticized this week and all the fantasy implications of everybody being off, you know, the minute we say that all of a sudden this is going to be one of the most entertaining weeks we've had.
1: Yeah. that could possibly be, but I like it when all of my players are available because you know, that's why I have them to be available (laughs) now. I mean, it'll be a fun week. It's just, I don't really, I'm not really looking forward to losing two in a row and then going and having to play your stupid dad again next week, have him pull some stupid ass rabbit out of his stupid ass.
0: Well, (laughs) it's clear what body part of his you think is stupid. Anyway, (laughs) thank you to all the listeners and dynasty players out there. We do appreciate you. We will be back again after week seven with one of us declared the victor. But until then, (laughs)
1: until then stay healthy everyone good lord
0: yeah no shit (laughs) if you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com also you can now follow us on twitter at dydownload2020 find every episode of the show at dynasty-download.captivate.fm and as always Please follow, rate, and review the show on whichever podcast platform you use so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.